Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Our leader for tonight is Virginia. <laughs> I was not prepared for this. Um, hi, my name is Virginia. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater, uh, anorexic, and bulimic. Hi, Virginia. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm not a 100-pounder. Um, in fact, when Scott asked me to speak at this meeting, um, I thought I wasn't able to because of that. Um, but I definitely consider myself a hardcore compulsive overeater, and I'll explain why in just a minute. Um, I've not that the number means that or not, but I I just I reached an incredible level of what I would call the and the big book calls incomprehensible demoralization. Um, and there's a survey, I don't know if anybody ever looks at Vanity Fair magazine, but in the back they have this Proust questionnaire and they ask these like 20 questions of, you know, celebrities. And they ask a lot of the same questions and one of the questions is, what do you consider the lowest form of misery? And to me, like being in the middle of my disease is to me the lowest, lowest depth of misery. So anyway, I came in... Um, and I need to look at my calendar again because I've I've been a member of OA for so long it's hard for me to remember the exact details sometimes. I was either 19 or 20, so that's almost 40 years ago, which is like kind of a mind blower to me. Um, I still very much remember my first meeting, and I didn't see that we had any newcomers here tonight. No, no newcomers. Um, I just remember how hard it was to walk into that meeting um, for the first time and um, I actually know some of the people, and one of my very best friends was there that first night that I walked into the rooms, and it was amazing. Um, and I, I cried, um, and I felt so much relief, but I also felt a lot of fear. Um, when I heard the 12 steps being read and I heard the mention of a higher power, you know, not once, but a bunch of times, um, my heart kind of sank because I thought there was just no way that I was going to be able to get with a program that was, you know, using God as a crutch to deal with my, you know, my eating problem. But um, since then, it's been like kind of an amazing adventure. Um, I didn't, um, I didn't grow up overweight, um, but when I got into my teen years, um, I started really using food to cope with some very strong emotions that I was having. Um, and it kind of went downhill from there. Um, my top weight was about 50 pounds more than it is now, and my bottom weight was about, I don't know, 15 pounds less than it is now. Um, but I've maintained the same weight for, I don't know, 30-some years e easily. Um, not not easily, but it, it's the amount of time has been, I know, over 30 years. Um, and um, but when I when I and I talked about the incomprehensible demoralization for me at the depths of my eating disorder, it meant like eating food out of garbage cans, um, pouring dish soap on food and then rinsing it off, stealing food, hiding food in the trunk of the car because um, somebody was going to be at home who knew I shouldn't have the food there. Um, walking between underground tunnels from one building to the next when I lived in the Midwest and I was 
on a campus in the freezing cold, you know. Um, there's just so many things. Not not being having to drop out of school because I couldn't concentrate and I couldn't do the work. Um, losing jobs, and at the you know the very bottom of all that, um, yeah, I was I was pretty much taken out of my life. Um, and it's a much longer story of how I kind of came out of that one step at a time. But I think what I will say around the food, um, I've done it so many different ways in that first, you know, five or six years when I was trying to get a, you know, an idea of what what worked and what didn't work. Um, and I've, I've weighed and measured my food, um, which I will say that... Um, I'm totally open to doing that again in my life. I thought it was a, a great tool. It was a great reality check for me um, because I didn't really have a very good reality meter around food. Um, and that theme, by the way, has continued to <laughs> perpetuate in my life. I don't have a really good reality meter. You know, it's, it's sometimes hard for me to gauge what truly is versus what's just kind of going on in between my ears. Um, but um, so I weighed and measured, um, and then I totally didn't have a food plan. Uh, I went with like God's going to tell me when I've had enough to eat, and that was interesting. And that that worked for about a year, but then when it didn't work, it like really blew up. But it was ugly. Um, and then um, and I'm I'm cutting out a lot, but I I came to a place of. Um, I want to say it was balance. I don't know if I can say that, but definitely having a food plan, definitely having um, you know windows of when I have meals and don't have meals, having snacks, but very clear what those are. Um, <clears throat> and this plan of eating has pretty much worked for all these years. Um, um, and it, but it was not as easy as that. I mean, I think really why it finally started working was, you know, coming to that very low bottom, at least psychologically, and admitting I was powerless over food and my life was unmanageable. And I got that. I really got it. Um, I still get it. Um, I, I have the gift, a day at a time, there's that passage in the big book, we recoil as if from a hot flame, you know, like, I'm, I'm married now and my husband doesn't have a compulsive overeating problem, and you know my refrigerator and cupboards have a bunch of stuff that I can't eat, and um, it's okay. Um, it's not mine. I don't want it. Um, I don't want to look at it. I don't want it like fr right out there in the front where I see it. But it's okay. I don't think about it. I don't think about it and say, oh, God, it's in the freezer. You know, should I go or not go? I mean, that was like my constant torture. Um, so, so anyway, I'm talking about the, the physical part of the, of the disease. Um, but, but one thing I do want to share, because um, if you do some of the, the rough math, I came in, but I didn't get abstinent right away, and I had those five or six years of going up and down and, like, even gaining more weight and then losing and gaining more weight. Um, in really quick amounts of time, I mean, I could easily put on, you know, 20, 30 pounds, you know, within a month um, without batting an eye. Um, um, but this last time when I got 
abstinent, I can remember, you know, because I'd already been in the program for, you know, a couple of years, and I was really, really struggling with with that. And um, I called an old timer, and we were talking about what was going on with me, and and she listened to me, and she said, well, you know, I really get that you're not you're not willing yet, um, you're not willing to stop, um, and so. Um, she suggested that I started asking for the willingness to be willing. And I'm sharing that because that was such an important um, kind of archway that I walked through. Um, and I still use that because, you know, as people know, if you, once you get abstinent, like that's just scratching the surface. I mean, all the other stuff around my character defects, which, you know, some of those are still quite active. And to be quite honest, um, you know, I'm just getting aware of things about the program decades later um, that I completely couldn't absorb for whatever reason um, when I first came in, or, or 10 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later. You know, now there's certain things that I'm finally just starting to um, absorb into my program, and I'll I'll get to that maybe in a few minutes. Because anyway, so. Um, so I got, you know, I got back on track with, you know, after praying for the willingness to be willing, um, I can clearly remember, you know, the date I, I had my breakfast and then I didn't eat in between and I had my lunch and I didn't eat in between and then I had my dinner and, uh, and then, you know, somehow the willingness was there again and I was able to show up and start going to meetings and, you know, working with a sponsor and very slowly working the steps. And that's what I want to jump to next in terms of working the steps, and I just alluded to this, that it has taken me decades to kind of get um, more conscious and honest about what that means. Um, very recently, um, and I, I'm sponsoring a couple people right now, and I've I've had periods of time where I sponsored no one. Hello, um, it's all about 12 steps and helping other people. Uh, and now I've had three sponsees for, well, some of them a couple of years, and that has been the very best thing in my life, um, even though sometimes I've struggled with finding the time. But um, making the time for that, you know, just like they say, you know, it helps me more than it helps them. But um, through working, and I and I just now am going through the twelfth step with one of my sponsees, and this and I don't know, maybe this sounds really discouraging, but this is the first time someone I've worked with has made it all the way through. Now that's not a reflection on me or them; that's just the way that it worked, and um, it's awesome. And because of her, you know, I'm doing like a daily ten step. I try and do a daily written ten step. You know, I've toyed with that before, um, th and this is kind of my, my pattern a lot. You know, in theory, I finally, like, agree with everything, uh, you know, about the 12 steps. And I, I'm totally, um, you know, not totally, but I'm very much in sync with the AA literature, the big book, and the, and the 12 and 12, and that's what I've used to work my program all these years, pretty much, you know, across the line. Um, but, you know, when they say work the steps, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's work. 
it's not just me reading the book or going to the meeting and nodding my head and saying, oh yeah, I agree with that, that makes sense. I mean, it's me actually doing the freaking work. Again, I'm talking decades of like, uh, when I say coasting, it's not like I was coasting with step one or even the first couple of steps. It's not like I wasn't going to meetings. It's not like, you know, I wasn't doing some forms of, of service. But in terms of going through the steps and, you know, and they talk about these last three steps, steps 10, 11, and 12, doing that, that daily inventory. Um, because, and I know people have heard this, but I finally, you know, I get this on a very basic level. You know, I didn't have an eating problem. I have, have, present tense, living problem. I talked about, the, you know, the problem between my ears that is the problem. I am the problem. Um, it's not everybody and everything else, which has like been my MO um, for years. And even after being in the program, you know, certainly it wasn't as loud. And you know, I, I've made gradual recovery because if, if I hadn't made any recovery, I just would be white knuckling my abstinence, and I would be back in the food. So something obviously has been working all of these years. But um, there's been a level of serenity and freedom. Not that I, I mean, I have the, a day at a time, I do feel that freedom around the food and I feel so grateful for that. that. Um, but freedom around some of these other defects of character, um, I have a very strong um, perfectionistic streak which expresses itself in procrastination and sloth and you know a bunch of other kind of tributary um, defects, and it's only through you know getting into you know my four-step inventory and seeing where I was at fault, where was I selfish, self-centered, dishonest, and afraid, looking at those character defects, and then again I got to keep bringing it back. What you know? How do I work my program on a daily basis? Um, getting up and I'm doing this tenth step in the morning. I don't do it at night. I'm just too tired and out of gas to do it effectively. But um, kind of my new discovery around it, and I do, um, I was going to look on my phone because there's this worksheet. It comes straight out of the big book, but somebody put it together. Um, it's in three columns, and you know, it's got the questions on retiring at night, constructively review your day. Were you resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? So I look at that. Do you know own apology? That's a really hard one because I, I, even if I know that I'm wrong, it's really hard for me to admit it. I have, I still hang on to a lot of shame, um, and also probably, um, you know, justification. Um, uh oh, where is it? Have you kept something to yourself which should have been discussed with another person at once? Um, were you kind and loving towards all? This is the thing that I'm thinking a lot about these days as I go through my um, my life and in my work life, which is super challenging. It's a, it's a super challenging place, but the reason why it's super challenging is because I'm a difficult person. And I am finally getting at this job. Um, I got about two years ago. I, was, I had been at one job for, I don't know, 13 years or so. And then I got laid off and I got a year and a half off, which was just amazing. And when I went back to work, it was like a shock, it was a shock to my system. And I actually, instead of taking my time and thinking, where do I really want to work? What do I really want to do? 
I waited until the last minute, procrastination, till I was like almost down to money, procrastination. And so I ended up working for a similar organization in a similar role with a similar amount of chaos. Um, and so that's where I am. And um, what I'm trying to get from it, and, there, and there's been some horrendous things that have happened there. I mean, I'm really getting, I'm in a young person's industry, and I'm the oldest person there by a long shot. And I finally get, you know, there's a lot of, you know, climbing the ladder going on in a very laid back California uh, tech industry way, but there's a lot of that going on. And I got knocked down a bunch of pegs about six months into the role. And um, I have the same salary, you know, everything's cool that way. But um, I really had to decide, like, heading into 60, am I going to, like, go out there and get another job? You know, I don't know. I still may investigate that because this is not the place I, I imagine myself ending my work life. But it's like this amazing opportunity to really work my program, which every other job I've worked in prior to this was also an amazing opportunity, but I never really got that. So this is still, I know I'm going veering off from the 10 step, but this thing about was I kind and loving toward all, well, that comes up a lot. And I think about, like, how can I help people instead of, oh, if I do this, I'm going to look better, or if I do that, you know, I'm going to save my butt. You know, or I mean, that's just the way I wasn't really aware that that's how I was operating. But I really do think that I was operating that way. You know, the big book talks about we were like, you know, an actor trying to arrange all the players. You know, if only everyone would do as I wanted them to do, then it would all be peachy. Well, well, it doesn't work that way. Um, I mean, I know I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but I'm finally getting it doesn't work that way. Um, what happens if I really try and be of service to the people that I work with? What happens if the person who um, is, in theory, working for me, like the young, sharp guy who went to the Ivy League school who looks like he could easily step into my job, uh, and he can, and he can do it way better than me, um, what would it be like if I just was really helpful to him and I partnered with him instead of being fearful and afraid. Well, so that's what I'm doing. And most days it works, it's working out pretty well. Um, Cause I know that I'm not gonna be around there forever. And this guy is like, you know, he's on the ascent and it's okay. If I stay aligned to my higher power, if I do my 10th step, he was on that resentment list. He was on that fear list along with a bunch of other people I work with. And they show up there, a lot of them show up every day, but, um, what I'm seeing again is what's my part? Um, and I do want to share something about this, uh, the whole thing about the resentment list. I was noticing again, same people showing up over and over again, you know, why, what am I resentful about without going back into that, that fourth step. But I, you know, I'm kind of, uh, or it's ingrained in me to think about, you know, selfish, self-centered, dishonest, and afraid. And if I'm really honest, you know, when I'm resentful um, towards others, they're doing something real or imagined that pretty much I've done. Either I do it or I've done it. And when I can see that, all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I am a worker among workers. 
do you think I could for once be a worker among workers? You know, that's like the big challenge, not to be at the top of the heap, not to be at the bottom of the heap, you know, just to be like right in there with everybody else. Um, what could you have done better? That's always a great opportunity. Five minutes. Five more. Um, were you thinking about yourself most of the time? Well, I think you know now, yes. Um, I'm thinking about myself most of the time. Um, and that's where the sponsees come in and, you know, these opportunities to help people instead of focus on just me. Um, or were you thinking about what you could do for others, what you could pack into the stream of life? Be careful not to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection. That's not useful. I can do that easily. For that would diminish your usefulness to others. After making a review, God, please forgive me and tell me what corrective measures should be taken. So that's just, just the 10th step. Um, the 11th step, I do want to share something quickly about that. Um, I started, I'm, I'm a member of a couple of their 12-step programs. Um, and one of the meetings I go to, and it's a, a fairly recent meeting that I've been attending, is a meditation meeting where there's 15 minutes of meditation. And then um, the speaker shares about their experience with the process of meditation. I have been learning so many great things there. Um, and I have been... Um, meditating more regularly. And I, I have been meditating or attempting to meditate for the last couple of years, but in the last even, I don't know, month, I've been really making an effort to not skip the weekend, um, which was my favorite thing to do. Um, and um, I'm finding that it's paying off in spades, and it doesn't even have to be a long time and you know some of the tips that I'm getting there about there you know there's an app called meditation timer which is really good um, there's some other ones that I've used there's some breathing um, exercises that I've done but I think what I get out of it is that it quiets my very busy dysfunctional mind and it also brings me into the present like I had an experience today driving over here, which just like blows my mind. I'm at the traffic light. I look over to the left. I see a concrete wall with some trees in front of it. And like there was the most beautiful pattern of leaves and shapes. And like I can see that now. Um, I can appreciate that now, in, you know, in the midst of getting off of work late and not being able to have dinner before I came here, like I was able to see that. That's a result of meditation, I think, and you know, working the steps a, a little bit more diligently and consciously in my life. So um, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. I mean, I could say so much more, but that just seems like a good place to end it. And um, I am really grateful to be here. Scott, thank you so much for asking me um, and everybody for showing up. And um, uh, ready, ready to turn it over to you. Thank you.